appreciate it. Why don't we give the Lord a big old clap? Come on. Come on, CFTN. Give the Lord a big old clap. How many of you know it's a miracle you're in church in 2023? And you know, man, I might not be what I want to be, but thank you, God, I'm not what I used to be. Before you sit down, hug it out with two people, tell them you look better than the last time I saw you, and then you can sit down. Tell your spouse how beautiful they are, how attractive they are. Can we give it up for number one, our incredible worship team with Pastor Moises? Were they incredible? Come on. If you call this your home, you guys are wealthy, man. Oh my goodness, that, this is incredible. I also want to give it up for all the people, you know, speaking for 24 and a half years, almost 25 in uh, December. You have so much appreciation for people that are volunteers who get here when you're sleeping, who are busting their butt. All the people in the sound, our ushers, all the kids department workers. Can we give them a big security? Can we give them a big old clap? Servants, come on. They're serving God. Yeah, give them a big old clap. And how many of you guys have kids and they're in the kids department? Okay, so how many know your kids are like 99% angel and 1% like Dennis the Menace? Okay, you, you know your kids got a little crazy in you. And some of you knew today that when you drop your kid off, as soon as you leave, your kid's about to go Dennis the Menace on everybody in there. So do me a favor, when you go back and get your kids today, can you make sure you show love to those people that take care of your kids and taught them Jesus, taught them to believe and pray? Can you hug it out, give them a word of encouragement if you want to bless them? Do something nice for all those people. That's awesome. And can we give it up for Matt and Candace, our pastors? Come on. What a gift. You know, uh, being in these different environments where you speak for a living and you're in these great environments, churches and corporation, you can sometimes hear great communicators, but you don't feel the presence of God. It's amazing that when they stay up here on the stage and they begin to communicate and minister, isn't that neat that God shows up and works through them in a powerful way? And you know they, the old song, I think it was a Black Eyed Peas song, it says, I got it from my mama. But I think you all got it from your daddy and your mama. Uh, I met your, your father, Dr. Michael and Mary. We were in a, a speaking at the same convention a couple years back. And we found our way to the back side of a, a little room where there's a lot of different speakers speaking and communicating. And for about an hour and a half, we just started communicating and talking. And I was blown away at how big your pastor's hearts are to see people live up in a down world. And usually you meet people when there's so much ego involved. And to really meet people that want more for people than want from people. And they're unassuming and they realize it's God's church, it's God's work. But we get a chance to serve him and serve people. And to watch the incredible prophetic gift that is on your pastor's life and the miracles. My goodness. And you're in this church and you get a chance to call this home. What an incredible opportunity. Your pastor gave us a word and it was a real word, not just a good idea. It was a God, it was a God idea. 
and gave us a word that has so come to pass and changed the trajectory of my family, our life. And today it marks a really incredible honor. I just don't say that. I actually mean it. It's an honor to be on the stage and serve you because I know he's not going to put anybody up here just to be able to speak to you today. So I count it a real privilege. Can we give it up for your pastors that are in Malaysia? Let them hear it in Malaysia. Come on. He's having revival out there. Sheesh. I got a lot to live up to today. Uh, before I speak, though, today, I got my wife with me and my daughter with me. Uh, we've been on, I think we've been in, what, 12 countries, 10, something like that, in about 12 states in the last couple weeks. Can you guys stand up? This is my wife, Katrina, my daughter, Kira. You're supposed to twirl. My wife is my hero. Um, I met her. She had a ballooned out aortic root. At any moment, she would drop dead. She was in a service like this many, many years ago. And uh, she came to the front, and I had an open vision of Jesus in an operating room. And I said, you need to go have a surgery. We'd never met before. Jesus will meet you in there, and he'll bring healing to you. And she went and did something. He stopped her heart for four hours, took it out of her chest. They gave her no chance to come back. But when God speaks a word, help me know God shows up and he does no matter what it looks like. And then years later, we were able to get married. They said, there's no way for you to ever have a child. So we decided to have a child. Anybody in here have a little bit of reckless faith inside them? You haven't become too tame yet? Come on. Too domesticated? Too comfortable? And they said, there's no way for you to have a child. And we decided to have a child. And by faith, it's amazing what God can do with faith. So it's an honor. I'm so proud of my daughter. I'm proud of who you are. I'm proud to be your dad. Biggest freaking accomplishment of my life, I get to be your dad. So awesome. All right. That's out of the way. Isn't that cool? I got a chance to do that from a stage. That's my little girl. I love it. I'm in love. Two girls. How do you do that? Oh, man, pray. <laughs> Smile. Come on. Even if you got three teeth, just try it right off the bat. <laughs> You're not going to like today. You're going to love today. It's going to fill your soul, and the power of God's going to hit you. Your life's going to go to the next level today because God's working in you and he's got stuff to say. I want to start today by telling you something about a guy by the name of Kevin Hart. You know him as an actor and a comedian. Very, very funny guy. My goodness, he's got an incredible gift. When he was starting out, he came to Los Angeles, to Hollywood, and he had his great aspirations and dreams. I want to make people laugh. I want to make people feel. And he came out. He was trying to get going, kept getting a lot of rejections. I can tell you that 90, 90, uh, sorry, 97% of all entertainers make less than $10,000 a year entertaining. That's an absolute fact. I work with a lot of them. And so he was out there getting all these no's, you're too short, you're too this, you're too that, your voice is squeaky, come on, all these different things. And he could not afford his rent. And so every month he would call his mama, go, mama, I need some money for rent. She was an educator in Chicago. She goes, Kevin, you need to read your Bible. Mama, I don't got no time for no Bible. She goes, I got I to gotta work on my jokes, work on my craft, I'm, I'm hustling. I'm grinding. I'm making stuff happen. He goes, go read your Bible and call me back. Well, weeks would go by. He'd call back, Mama, listen, I need help. I can't pay my rent. This went on for six months. In the sixth month, they're about to evict him. True story. He had one day to get all the money together and pay. And he calls his mom. He goes, Mom, don't tell me. I know what you're going to tell me. I need money for rent or they're going to evict me tomorrow. She says, go read your Bible and then I'll read you back. I already read it, he said. He goes, no, you lying, son. I know you hadn't read your Bible. We need some mamas like that today. Come on. <laughs> Daughter, you better open up that word. Come on. He went and opened the Bible and he called her back. And while he'd been stressing and freaking out, 
What his mom, he did not know until he opened the Bible, was his mom had put six months of rent checks inside of that Bible that she bought him for Christmas. And so while he was stressed and freaking out, having panic attacks, there was so much provision in the Word, but he never opened the Word to get to the provision. How many of you know if you'll just open the Word? I was asked on a talk show recently, they asked me, or even Tony Robbins at dinner, he goes, what do you use to get the results you use? I go, I use the Bible. And he goes, why? I go, I don't want to build my life on something trendy. I want to build it on something timeless. I don't want to build it on pop psychology, success motivation, or inspirational stories from Reader's Digest. I want to build it on eternal truth that cannot change. And the God that stands behind it cannot lie. And the God that said it still will do it. Anybody still believe me? Come on, we're going to build their life. Luke chapter 5, on the right-hand side, if you've got a Bible, go there. Verses 1, I'm going to read it. And... Uh, and then we'll tap in today. Touch the person next to you, say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, I love it, Pastor Matt. You prime them, yo. Let's go. All right, here it goes. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake called Gennesaret. He saw two boats anchored in the shallow end, but the fishermen were gone from them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and prayed that he would take out a little from the land. And he sat down and told the people and talked and spoke and taught out of the boat. Verse 4. When he'd stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for an abundant catch. But Peter said, Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. Verse 6, and when he had done it, they caught such a great multitude of fish that their nets began to break. And they signaled to their partners. They texted them. Come on, somebody. And they said, yo, come into our boat. And both boat, they came in and both boats began to sink. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. I'm a simple man, O Lord. For he and all that were with him were astonished at the abundance of fish that they brought in. And Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Somebody in here is about to become astonished. You're going to love today. Now I beg you before, as I start this, if all you do is take notes today, you're only going to retain 38% to 42%. Don't cheat yourself. If you listen to me and you're going to go, well, let's see if this is going to be good or not, you'll only retain 8 to 10%. That's cheating yourself of your time. The greatest wealth that you can't get back. If you engage today, you'll retain 92 to 93%. I, pray, I beg you to lean into me today, okay? Here we go. It says that Jesus was teaching and people were pressing into him to hear the word of God. Have you noticed in your life the greatest miracles, breakthroughs, insights have come, not when you're sitting back being comfortable, but when you had a press to you, you had a hunger inside you, you had a drive inside you. I found most people don't press until they get inspired or they get desperate. Desperate people are dangerous people. The scripture says, blessed are the hungry, they shall be filled. Isaiah 64, 4 says, God meets the one who has massive anticipation and he's expecting him. 
Our challenge in American church in Amer North America is we become domesticated where we become entertained by God, waiting for God, rather than hungry and looking for what God's saying and doing. Not on the heels of our feet, but on the balls of our feet. Where there's a hunger, there's an anticipation. Come on, somebody. When you're hungry, you're different. Water that's not stirred, it gets murky and smelly and toxic and moldy. When it's stirred, it's alive, it's fresh. Things can grow. I found in my life things don't change till we get a little bit desperate. I was speaking at uh, Dr. Michael and I's friend's church, Jurgen Matesius, the Awakened Church in San Diego. Phenomenal church, great pastor. And we were speaking there a couple months back after doing a conference. And while I'm in the middle of the meeting, all of a sudden the back door opens up by the exit and a little boy, 15 years of age, has a walker and he goes, excuse me, Mr. X. He's got like a little bit of a lisp. He's in the middle of a meeting and the usher's like, hey, brother, wait till he gets done. And then the, the man of God will pray for you. He goes, no, Mr. X. I go, yo, what you want? And he goes, I came to get healed. And I go, right now? He goes, yeah. And he goes, why? Because he goes, I don't want to wait. I go, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, they say I got cerebral palsy. But he says, you talked about that Jesus was here, and I don't want to wait. If he's here, I walk down from way up there. I want to get it now. So now he commanded the whole room. Come on, the kid in the walker with the cool lisp. And I go, come to the front. And he goes, he goes, okay, let's do it right now. And I go, I like you. He goes, I like you too, Mr. X. And he goes, your head's shiny. <laughs> Thanks for pointing out that the growth products don't work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Joking. And I go, okay, so you're going to have to let go of your walker. And he goes, I'm ready to do this. And all of a sudden, this young man, he took off and he started walking. It was jerky. He was walking slow. And it wasn't all right because how many know miracles can be messy? How many know miracles can be messy? Come on, some of you got in a fight with your spouse on the way here because you're working out a miracle. Come on, somebody. Hey. Like my friend Miles Monroe said, he's in heaven. A miracle is not a miracle of God to God. It's a process of God that you worked, and then God speeds up the process when you work the process. That's deep, and that's dope. The little boy took some steps. It was all messy, and then all of a sudden he took off. And the whole meeting, one boy's hunger and one boy's anticipation shifted. It's been four and a half months. That boy has never touched a walker again. That young man runs. That young man is no longer talking with a lisp. They said cerebral palsy can't re be reversed. But Jesus, when you press into Jesus, something shifts in your life. Something, the atmosphere of your home. When I went to Africa one of the times, I was all pumped up. Come on. I paid the money to go on safari. And I'm a man. Come on, I watch National Geographic. I want to watch the lion eat the zebra apart. I don't got to question if I'm a man these days. Come on. I don't got to be counseled by TikTok, counseled by the government, Pamela Harris, whatever she doing. I, I know if I take my clothes off, I'm a man. I don't need no media to prophesy me to something I, I'm confused. Heck No. Some of you, if you'll find your confession again, you'll lose your confession. You'll use your confusion. When you find your confession, you lose your confusion. Our challenge is our kids have so much confusion because their parents lost their confession. The Bible says your kids will be mighty in the land. They don't know that they're mighty, so they're living as many versions of themselves. 
They found themselves mini-me's. Come on, parents haven't risen up and told their kids they're righteous, they're favored, they're anointed, they're the head and not the tail. They're the heel to the Lord. They're the right. So we, have, they, we put our care of our children in educators' hands, and they rub their hands and manipulate all kinds of ideas on them. Nothing changes in your home till you get hungry and say, you know what, I'm going to be a voice in my home. I got all excited to go to Africa, feeling good on purpose. I got there. We took out all these kids out of the dump. They lived in the dump, put them in their own home, prayed for thousands and thousands of people with AIDS. Come on, Jesus style. Aren't you nervous, brother? Absolutely not. What a privilege it is to pray for people that are hurting. Get your hands in where it's dirty. So after I'm on my safari, I'm all pumped up. I'm ready to go watch the, come on, the lion eat the zebra. This is going to be a great day. I paid the money. I'm pumped. I get out there on the terrain. We come across a pride of lions. This is not what I saw on the National Geographic. There's about 18 of them, and they're laying there, and they're not moving. So we start trying to talk to them. No movement. I take my M&Ms and start throwing them at them on purpose. The Zulu goes, they ain't going to budge. I threw Sprite to try to mess with them. Come on. They don't move. I go, why aren't they moving? He goes, because it's daytime. The elephant is king of the jungle during the day. The water buffalo is strong during the day. I go, what happens at night? He goes, the lion gets hungry. I go, what happens when the lion gets hungry? The terrain of the jungle changes. It becomes electric and energized. Every other animal stands at attention when the lion gets hungry because the lion's hunger is not the biggest, the strongest. It's not the most powerful lion. But when he gets hungry, the very atmosphere of that jungle and that terrain changes. Everybody's watching what the lion will do. Isn't it interesting that you got the lion of the tribe of Judah inside you, but when that lion gets hungry, when the Lord's presence gets hungry inside you, the very atmosphere of your home changes. Come on, you don't, you don't tolerate attitudes. You don't tolerate pity. You don't tolerate victimhood. You don't tolerate poverty when you get hungry. You don't tolerate sickness as your lot in life. You don't tolerate people's diagnoses of you. Something shifts in your life and goes, no, no, no. Uh, that, ain't, uh, that ain't me. I'm hungry. I'm the king of this jungle. I remember that they, when, they, when they said, he says, everything changes in that atmosphere. Doesn't everything change when you get a little bit hungry than you currently are? To help you stir a little bit of hunger quickly, ask yourself, am I in the same place I am economically, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, connected to my spouse? The way it is right now, if nothing changes in six months, am I going to be good with that? Or should something inside you go, man, you deserve better? My potential did not come with some retirement plan. Come on, I ain't going to go bury it in some cemetery that this is good enough. My faith has not become that domesticated. Doesn't faith have to have a new vision? Because if you don't reach for what's before you, you die by what's behind you. Let me say that again because that was worth gas money. If you don't reach for what's before you, you always die by what's behind you. They pressed into Jesus to hear the word of God. Depressed, there was a hunger. You get around hungry people, it makes you hungry. At CTFN, come on, we get around people in here that are hungry. If I get around your pastor, come on, I want to prophesy more. If I get around people, come on, that are loving, you want to love more. You get around a passionate marriage, come on, it makes you want to start holding your spouse's hand and grabbing their tush. Come on, somebody. You get around someone that's got healthy habits, you want to have healthy habits. Anybody with me up in here? It's a Hebrew word, mashok, the rubbing off of. But powerful, your, your pastor brought a friend of mine to America, Kim Clement the prophet. 
And I remember sitting with Kim in his car after he had been arrested, or not arrested, taken into custody 11 times for prophesying 9-11 six years in advance in a little studio. And he prophesied it. And I remember being in his car, and while he was talking about the hunger he had for the presence of God and the voice of God and the prophetic voice of God, I remember getting so pregnant and being in that atmosphere of him talking about that. I want to go, God, I want to stretch. I see healings and I see wisdom flow out of me, but I want to believe for that. I got around someone that was hungry and started investing in it, and all of a sudden it came on me. All of a sudden I started investing. That hunger began getting inside of me. You get around hungry people, it changes your palate. It changes your appetite. They pressed into Jesus to hear the word of God. Whose voice are you tuning into? If it's your voice, oh my gosh. Your voice is all insecure about yourself. How do I look? Am I bloated? I feel like I got like a little extra water. Am I look strong enough, powerful enough? Am I getting enough likes on Instagram or enough views on TikTok? Because you're always nervous about yourself. You're tuning in the devil's voice. He's always trying to frighten you and scare you. Telling you the worst is about to come. Telling you what you're not. How guilty and condemned you are. Because he loves condemnation. Because condemnation steals confidence. We don't have confidence. You don't have joy. We don't have joy. You don't got no strength. Come on, somebody. No wonder he always tries to condemn you in your mind. But when you tap in and press in the voice of God. All of a sudden, something comes alive in your spirit. Faith comes by hearing. I encourage you when you read the Bible, don't read it out just softly. Read it out loud. Faith cometh by hearing, 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 hearing. Whose voice are you turning into? Don't let your mind and your heart be the real estate of CNN or Fox News. You can't afford to let TikTok or Instagram, come on, or Facebook become the resting place of their information in your heart or mind. The Bible says guard your heart and mind. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the virtue of power that comes back to your life. Put some thought into the word of God in your life. They pressed in to hear the word of God. Come on, something happened inside. They pressed it into Jesus. That had to be awesome. As the kids say, that had to be dope. Come on, the kids are they're pressing into him to hear the word of God. And Jesus sits there and he notices there's boats and they're, and they're anchored in the shallow end. The shallow end, the shallow end. Shallow means not deep, unprofound. And he sees a guy that he has a casual relationship with. His name is Simon Peter. Come on, everyone likes Simon. They all got Peter stories. If you're a church person, you got a Peter story. And if you're a cusser, you relate to him a lot. Why? Because Peter was always cussing. Isn't it interesting Jesus never told him to quit? Maybe God could take shaky people and give them sturdy projects. And the more you become involved with God, his strength can change your weakness. Watch how cool this is. He had met Simon a year and a half prior to Luke 5. John chapter 1, he met him. Andrew, his brother, brought him to Jesus. Jesus meets him and he says, hey, your family gave you the name Simon. It means read, wayward one. Back then a name was the way of prophecy, how they were to see their life becoming. It was their identity. He lived up to that identity. How many know that label became his, his life? He was temperamental. One minute he was up, next minute he was down. He was fly off the handle. But when he meets Jesus, Jesus said, your parents labeled you and gave you the name Simon, but we call you Peter the Rock. Here's heaven's view of you. It's interesting that Jesus never calls him again, Simon, ever again, to the very end of Jesus' ministry. 
at the end of Jesus' ministry on earth, he comes to him and he goes, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Isn't it interesting that the devil did not ask for Peter, he asked for Simon. <laughs> Slap your person next to you, about it's about to get juicy in here. Like Tupac said, all eyes on me, watch. Yeah, don't let it fool you. I don't know all the Bethel songs, but I got some hood in me. Come on. We was a little bit po. We didn't have Nikes. We had Mikeys. Come on, somebody. Oh, I had Levos, and we had 25-cent Slurpees from, come on, Kmart. That's how I roll. East L.A., baby. Watch how powerful. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. Notice the only hold the enemy has is who you used to be. And the only hold that he goes for is who you used to be before who God declared you were. If you only hold that he has ability to sift your life and stop your faith is reminding you and getting you back into an identity of something different and a version of you that God did not call you. If you wanted to increase your God confidence, I would begin to walk around saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's no way you can walk around saying, I'm the righteousness of God, and have your, your shoulders all slumped over. Pastor Matt, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, there's no way you can do that. You want to increase your excellence and your efficiency and chains break mentally and emotionally and physically? Walk around saying, I am anointed. I am anointed. Whatever follows your I am, you give an invitation to be in your life. Many of you give an invitation. I am slow. I am old, and oldness comes looking for you. Come on, somebody. I am tired, and tiredness comes and wears you out in fatigue. I am sick, and more sickness comes your way. I am struggling, and more struggle comes. Stop inviting lack and struggle into your world. Start saying, the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. The Bible says, let the sick say I'm healed. Come on. The Bible says, let the, come on, the redeemed of the Lord say so, not think so, not pray so, say so. 85% of the emotions you feel come from the words out of your mouth. That's why the Bible says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth, not his circumstances. And that your inmost being rejoices when your lips speak prosperous things. Man, if, 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 if your words became a wardrobe, would you look like your rich or your po? Do you resemble your king or do you resemble the poverty of the world? The Bible says clothe yourself with a garment of salvation. Somebody's got to change their confession to lose your confusion. Because only when you find your confession can the high priest of your confession confirm what he already said about you. Or to agree on something, it shall be. Give the Lord a clap and a shout like you got that. Hey, come on. Come on, stir it up, Phoenix. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, I feel you up in here. Let's go. You want to go a little bit deeper? Let's go there. I was speaking in a church service. I used this in the first service. I was in a, it was, we were in uh, Atlanta. I'm going to be there this next Sunday. And I was speaking. I was moving too fast at the end. I was praying for a lot of people like we're going to do tonight. And the prophetic gift and the healing gift is going to flow like crazy. That's what I'm good at. That's what I'm good at. It's good to know what you're good at so you know what you're good for. That's just a good little twist on words right there. I like that. Watch how powerful. 
So I was sitting there, I was moving too fast, I'm praying for people. And you know what that's like, come on pastor, where, you, where you're moving fast and you want the best for people, but there's a lot of people. And all of a sudden I turned around and I wasn't looking, we need more smarts on that, and I hit this person on the top of their shoulder and I go, the Lord says you're a powerful man. I turned around, it was a woman. <laughs> Gorgeous woman, pretty woman. There was no mistake she was a woman. And she goes, why would you call me a man and say that? I like you, Mr. Rex. I follow you like in the business world and what you do. And I, and I went to go say I'm sorry, but then I felt Jesus come on me, and I did something I didn't plan on doing. I said, because the Lord says you're a powerful man. Rex, why in the world? That's humiliating. Why would you say that in front of all these people? I love you. You inspire me. You make me want to dream. I said, Jesus says you're a powerful man. Rex, this is horrible. And she goes, why? Why? And then all of a sudden the Lord came and he says, he says, because at the age of four, you were molested by an uncle and I named him. And I said, here's the challenge. At four, you got so scared that you'd be molested and taken advantage of again. So you traded your masculinity for femininity because he didn't want women. He wanted men. So as a woman, you were protected from abuse, but you become a discount version of yourself. And you lost sight of who God made you to be. And you began to weep like a baby. How do you know this? I go, because Jesus loves you enough to tell you the truth so you don't live a lie in somebody else's pain. And don't let your pain become a home for unclean spirits. It's time to get back to who you really are because redemption is in process. Give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. Hey. Somebody feel me up in here. Yeah, Jesus, is, he's, he's got a casual relationship with Simon up to this point. He'd only give him an identity, but now he comes back a year and a half later. That's why Simon did not write a gospel. Peter did not write a gospel. He wrote an epistle. Why? Because he wasn't with Jesus and everything for three years. A year and a half in, Jesus wasn't okay at being casual no more. He wanted it to be deep. He wanted it to be profound. Some of you, God's not after just, just being casual anymore. He's placing a new demand on your potential. He didn't want to move into you so you could be long-distance relatives. He's not looking for weekend visitation rights. He wants full custody. Come on, somebody. God's not looking just to be at a distance. He's not your clickbait. Come on, somebody. He's Jehovah Elyon, the God above every God. He made you. He wants you. Don't play hard to get with him. Watch how powerful. He comes to me and goes, hey, Pete, I need one of your boats. Boats represented, he was a third generational fisherman. I need your profession. I want you to open up a door. I need some investment from you. If our relationship's gonna be work, it can't be just taking of grace and doing nothing. The grace has gotta work. Paul the apostle said, your grace, come on, not just save me, your grace has made me what I am, but I've labored with your grace more abundantly. I've worked your grace. Oh, uh, but I just want the Lord to do it all. He said it was finished, which it is. I'm going to sit here and then sing the best Moises worship song. And then I just wait for the Lord to do it all. Oh, really? 564 times in the Bible it says work. Let me see you work, 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 work. It's on the next Hillsong track. Come on, somebody. Smile. This is good for your soul. Come on, you got 82 muscles in your face. Use them. Come on, somebody. 
And if you smile for three minutes, I said this is the first service. If you smile for three minutes straight at me, by the way, do you know what's going to happen? You'll actually speed up your metabolism. You'll lose weight. You'll release dopamine in your brain, which is the effect of cocaine in your brain. You can have free cocaine by just smiling. And 54 times in the Bible, God references people's physical face as to whether they're living for him or not living for him. I got a prophetic word for you. Tell me, brother. You want to do a prophetic act? I'll give you a prophetic act as a man of God. Throw your whole community off this whole entire fall season and Christmas. Everywhere you go, just smile. <laughs> Screw everybody up at Starbucks. Come on, walk into the church. Come on. You can, your arm could be falling off. Come on. You might not be able to do other things. Just smile. You want to really bother the devil? Smile. Hannah had a promise that she would have a kid. She had nothing in her, and she smiled in the face of her adversity. God says in Job, he says, I laugh and smile at the destruction of wicked rulers and what they're doing. The most prophetic thing you could do, the most spiritual thing today you could do is rejoice in the Lord and be happy today. That's the greatest spiritual thing your faith can do. Just give the Lord a clap, shout for 30 seconds. Go. Come on, give him a shout. Give him praise. I don't know what he's done for you. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Online, give the Lord a clap and a shout. That shout might bring down your walls. That shout might open up your blind eye. That shout may bring new joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What's happening here? All right, sit your tail down. Let's go. Pete, I need investment. I went to a guy one time. He was Stevie Wonder's uh, music guy, Rick James' music guy, James Brown. I go... I go, yo, man, I need to be able to use your crib. I need to use your house. He goes, why? I go, we're going to bring a lot of hurting people in there, and we're going to give them Jesus, and we're going to help them. We're going to do like a motivational piece, and we'll give them God at the end. We'll trick them. <laughs> trick evangelism. Because <laughs> people will come for the motivation. Come on. And then, boom, hit them with the Jesus style. And it did. It worked. And I remember all these people started coming, hundreds of people started coming to his house on a monthly basis. But he goes, I'm going to make this investment in God because he was struggling to get off addiction. But I found the more he started investing in God and helping other people through their recovery, he started finding recovery for himself. When he started opening up his home, his boat, his time, his energy, so other people could experience God, even while he was struggling, he opened up a vehicle for it to come to him. Don't waste this opportunity in this fall season where your home, your car, your time, a conversation can't mean to be a place where you stir up love and good works, where you minister to one another. Not just go home and hear a good spiritual sermon and get more spiritually fat. We need to get spiritually fit. Come on. I know a lot of people that's taking sermon after sermon. Praise God. They know all the things that shout amen at, and they do jack squat with the truth. The word works when you work it. Let me work it. Come on, somebody. Let me work it. I won't repeat the rest of the words. Come on, somebody. If you work your land, the Bible says you can have an abundance. I remember at Christmas time, he invited me to the Christmas party with all the musical people. They had to have to one token white guy in there. Come on, somebody, they invited me. 
It was awesome in the middle of Los Angeles. All these producers and people. And I came and, and I, he'd opened his home now for many months. I remember going there, sitting in their house. And I was, they were sitting there and they had DJs outside. They're like, step in the name of love. Come on, playing a little. Or Kelly, it was, a, it was a grouping party. Come on. Everybody was at all holiday festive. I went and sat on the couch next to this guy who had a walker. And I go, yo, man, why aren't you in the dance? He goes, ma'am, I got ba bad hip. He goes, I can't use my hip. I go, hey, can I heal you? He goes, you got like magical powers? I go, something like that. He goes, you for real? I go, hey, do you mind giving me your hand? I go, yeah. I go, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, because my friend opened up his home, hook him up. Bam. He goes, I feel this hot stuff in my hip. What'd you do to my hip? I go, stand up and act right. He goes, I can't. And then he stood up, he goes, I can't do this. I go, start running. True story in this big old house. He starts running back and forth. Another woman with a walker sees him and goes, hey, what happened to your hip? That white guy over there, he healed me. Something happened to my hip. All the while, people are smoking weed. Come on, step in the name of love. Come on, it's a party. Come on, it's a white party, Christmas party. And the pink guy's in there healing people. The lady comes up with her walker. I go, give me your walker. Chuck it to the side. I go, come on, girlfriend, we're going to get healed right here. Bam, the power of God hit. I remember Roy walking in from the party, and Roy's trying to get off, Roy's trying to get off drugs. And he, I remember he goes, he goes, what are you doing to my party? You're messing up my party. I go, God's messing up your party. You opened up your house. You invested. Look at all the miracles and the freedom. And two people were running, doing laps in the kitchen that could not walk on walkers. And one by one, true story. True story. One by one, they came in, and they came into this big, big dining room in front of the kitchen, and they all started kneeling down on their knees. They were putting their cores light over here. I'm going to put my Hennessy over here. I'm going to put this over there. And they started lifting their hands. No altar call. No, no worship songs. They just started worshiping. And all of a sudden, the DJ had to turn off R. Kelly and turn on Take Six. Come on, somebody. They started singing Jesus. Little Fred Hammond. Come on, little melodies from heaven. You white people don't know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. What are you investing in his cause? What are you investing in his cause? That's what's going to last forever. Are you investing in what's temporary or eternal? Is his kingdom on your radar? Is his kingdom? He's not looking for investigators. He's looking for investors. Does he, have a, does he have your time? Does he have energy? Does he have your money? Oh, don't talk about my money. Don't you know, Rex, we're in a recession. Big Joe's trying to get us out of it. Let me help you. Big Joe ain't doing nothing but sitting in Delaware getting treatment. You better take charge of your own economy or the world's going to run yours to the ground. And don't do it on the world's system. Do it on God's system. Whatever a man sows, the kingdom of God works by sowing and reaping. Don't fall short in a downtime by looking at economists. Those economists will produce fear in you and put a chokehold on your business. You want to become aggressive? Become an aggressive giver. Every time you give, you conquer greed. Every time you sow, you conquer greed. Give with purpose. Don't give because you got a poverty mentality. Here's a couple of dollars. There are no poor people, just unaware people that don't know that when you got seed in your hand, God will multiply the seed you sow, not the seed you just talk about.
Your life changes when you begin to sow aggressively. My life, my family's life changed when we began to give aggressively. Miracles abound when you give aggressively. We'll be with Coldplay this week, later this week. Let me tell you something. Do you know that they, as a band, for 25 years, the biggest band in the world right now, 80,000 people on a minimum a night, they sell out. They're on their 200-something show. They've been tithing 10%. They're not even Christians. Some of the biggest business people that I talk to, from the Cardone circles to Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins won't even work with a person. they got to pay him $5 million a minimum for a year. They meet with him twice, but he won't even look at them or their portfolio unless they tithe at a minimum 10%. And they're not even Christians. Yet. Well, God, well, invest in something. So Peter goes, here's my boat. We're in the shallow end and he's teaching. What's in the shallow end and locked down in the shallow end in your life? What about the dreamer inside you? As a kid, you lived driven by your dreams. You had such an imagination for who you could be, where you could go, what you could accomplish, who you could heal, who you could lift up. Your life was driven by your dreams. Come on, one minute, come on, I was a ninja turtle. <laughs> Don't act like you wasn't <laughs> or you isn't. Come on, somebody. You had an imagination. All things were still possible. If the dreamer inside you could talk, what would the dreamer say? It's been hard watching you settle for less and less in your life. Work a job beneath your talent. Accepting roles other people define and give to you. You've lost sight of the dream. Your life's become dull. You wander and wander through a maze of ritual and routine and wonder why everything is flat. You lost your passion. You lost your hope because you lost your dreams. Because you know when you get your dreamer back, you get your fire back. You get your hope back. And let me say this, God in every generation, and right now more than ever, he's looking for dreamers. He's looking for Abrahams. He's looking for Josephs. He's looking for Queen Esthers. He's looking for Marys. He's looking for people that will dream with him. He's looking for people that he can call out of a desert and sit there and begin to share like Abraham. Abraham, look and count the stars. Count the stars, Abraham. You're the richest dude in the world. But I want to give you a picture of what your future can look like. Why? Because if you conceive it on the inside, you can produce it on the outside. What's your dream? What can it do? Who can it help? If you don't got a dream, you're going to live somebody else's. Without a vision, you perish. Helen Keller said, what's worse than being born blind? Having sight with no vision and dream. Can you give me 10 minutes? And then I'll pray for people and prophesy over people. Is that cool? I took you to Stevie Wonder years ago. He asked his mama when he's a little boy, Mama, why am I born blind? She said, because we're cursed by God. True story. Oh, Mama, we ain't cursed by God. Come on, even if you're white, try it. Do the, cow, do the little Stevie Wonder. Come on, no racial tension here. Come on, we love everybody. We're a family. Red, yellow, black, and white, we are precious in his sight. The blood of Jesus made us all. Come on, the kingdom of God's for us all. We celebrate your diversity, but we love our unity. Cool like that? All right. Stevie goes, I ain't cursed. A couple days later, he was in Billy's next door neighbor in his barn outside of Chicago, or uh, Detroit. And he was sitting there, and he stumbled on a rock. And when he stumbled, he tried to put his hands out just to be able to grasp something so he didn't fall down. And when he did, he hit a broken piano. The keys went off. And he started yelling out loud, I can see, I can see, I can see. Billy got nervous and ran. Stevie Wonder ran home. I have a daughter. I watch cartoons sometimes. Come on, Bluey's a big favorite of our family. Come on. I used to like Peppa Pig. Come on, somebody. 
So how do you know? I, I got a little interested. Stevie Wonder, the blind kid, ran home. I wonder what that was like, hitting stuff, running home. He runs home. He gets home and he goes, Mama, Mama, we ain't cursed no more. She says, what you talking about, Stevie? Sounds like what you talking about, Willis. What you talking about, Stevie? He says, Mama, I was at Billy's, and I stumbled, and I hit a piano, and these sounds went off. And when the sounds went off, all these faces of all these colors of people, Mama, Mama, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sounds. I'm going to make sounds in my life, and I'm going to make all kinds of people happy. I'm going to make sounds, Mama. And she says, but you don't see. You don't see my face. You don't see my hands. No, 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 Mama, I don't see with my outer eyes. I see with my inner eyes. I'm going to make sounds and make people happy. God is highly interested in what you see with your spiritual eyes. Seven times in the scripture, God comes to individuals and says, what do you see? What do you envision? If you don't have a vision, you settle for where you are. What about the lover in you? Is the lover locked down in the shallow end? You used to love, now you exchange love for lust. Why? Because love gives and lust takes. Do you evaluate your relationships by what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me? How many know when you grade someone, you can't love them? Let me ask a question to the lover inside you to take you out of the shallow end. What's it been like to be in a relationship with you lately? Is it passionate? Is it exciting? Is it caring, giving? Do people come to you, they get lit up? Or do they get the usual, the normal? If I was to help the lover come alive inside of you, I would tell you something very simple. Trade your expectation for appreciation and all your suffering will stop. Let me just say that one more time. Trade my expectation for appreciation and all my suffering stops. If my expectation for my wife is so high, I can't love her. I got to grade her and manipulate her based if she's meeting my criteria, if she's worthy of my love. Now I'm not loving anymore. I'm using her. I might have said I do at an altar, but that's not I do love right there in front of her face. But when I trade my expectation for appreciation, all my suffering stops. And now I'm in a place that I can share myself and give myself. What about the leader inside you? You're letting other people lead or you lead? Is that in the shallow end? What about the believer inside you? Did you stop believing for big things? Well, I've been through so much disappointment. Been through so much challenge. So much trial. So many, they've gone through so many things. Now you just expect disappointment? Man, do you know that 87% right now, according to the Mayo Clinic, 87% of all medical visits, nothing is physically wrong? This isn't according to Christian news. This is according to the Mayo Clinic. 87% of hospital visits and medical doctor visits, there's nothing physically wrong. It's all psychosomatic that we started to feel negative things and we believe negative things are going to happen. Therefore, they reproduce funny symptoms in our body and we believe our feelings, the God of the feelings rather than the God of the Bible. Is your believing keeping you in the shallow end? Jesus said, okay, let's go deep, Pete. We've had a casual relationship, but now i got to ruffle the feather. i got, I got to disrupt your present if I'm going to give you your future. You can't access your future and change your future till you disrupt your present. If you're content, you get what you tolerate. I'll give you a prophetic word. If you can tolerate depression, you'll have more of it. If you can tolerate the diagnosis, I prophesy it'll stay. 
If you can tolerate having a bad relationship with the people in your life and your kids, your grandkids, your ninos, your ninas, that means your nieces and uncle, come on, and your uncle and aunt, if you, can, if you can tolerate it, you'll get it. How many know you get what you tolerate, not what you want? But when you say, I ain't going to tolerate that no more. I'm going to disrupt something. You're going to disrupt something. Why? Because when Jesus called him Peter, he knew in Peter, one day Peter would speak on the day of Pentecost if he didn't quit. He knew one day Peter would heal a lame man in Acts 3 that had been lame for 38 years if he didn't quit. He knew that one day Peter's shadow in Acts 5 would heal a whole city if he didn't quit. Jesus knew that Peter would raise Aeneas out of paralysis in Acts chapter 8 if he didn't quit. Jesus knew that one day, Peter would be able to raise Dorcas from the dead. Tabitha, Dorcas, whatever you want to call her. In Acts chapter 9, if he did not quit and he came for what he invested in. You're God's biggest investment. And he's coming to look for some return. He's not coming to comfort you. He's coming to challenge you. Look at me for a minute. I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I know a lot about this. Look at my eyes for a minute. There's a gift of faith here. God's challenging you because it's a time of transition. He's disrupting you. Many of you felt at a time of transition. By a show of hands, how many felt things have been transitioning a lot lately? By a show of hands. Okay. The transition you felt because you feel not so certain and secure, you think it's the devil when really it's God. Why? Because God is taking away your comfort at one level because he's about to take you from the casual to the profound. An eagle mama goes to her eaglets in the nest. The nest she made. The nest is comfortable. It's got padding. But there comes a point where the mama knows if I don't begin to remove its comforts, it will sit there its whole life and never discover its purpose and its wings. And she knows the only way to get the potential out is to disrupt its presence. So that mother begins to, come on, go down there and starts taking all the padding out, all the comfort out. We start to go, oh, that's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. I resist thee. It makes me uncomfortable. What if it's God? What if it's God placing a demand on your potential that you're about to find your wings, you're about to find your ministry, you're about to find entrepreneurship, you're about to find new sales, you're about to find the healing that you've been promised to you. And God knows it don't happen in the nest. Someone's about to break out of their nest and begin to find their wings. And when you do, you're going to find there's a wind. There's a thermal wind. The eagle has an ability to use its wings when they extend to catch the wind and run to heights that other people can't. I prophesy in this season because you're about to see things take place in America, says the Lord, between the month of March and June that you've never seen in 2024. But the people that look to me and not to the things of the screen, not to the things of the news media, not to the things of the prophets of doom, says the Lord, watch as I bring a thermal wind, a wind of my spirit, and your wings will begin to soar. I will bring provision into your hand and you will be the head and not the tail for this is a time of transition because I'm about to transfer an abundance of wealth and provision into the hands of my people for I'm disrupting America I'm confusing the people for a wind of my spirit shall bring down that which you see to bring about the move of my spirit that I promised that will surely come to pass says the Lord give the Lord a clap but a shout in here Come on, give the Lord a clap, but a shout in here. 
I don't know who that's for, but I would give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. All right, sit on your booty for four more minutes. Watch. Come on. Someone in your house has been about almost ready to foreclose, and you feel like you're going under. A supernatural provision is going to be released in the next 13 days. And there's something that's going to happen in the next 13 days where your house is going to be preserved, and God's going to take care of your family. I feel like there's somebody that's been about to go under economically in their home. And God, I'm not going to make you stand because that could be embarrassing. But God wants you to know something's about to happen in the next 13 days where you'll see something supernatural provision is going to come in. And there's an advocate that's going to help you. And as a result, you're not going to lose your home. Don't be embarrassed in this season. You're about to see my goodness. For I'm going to shame the thing that wants to shame you, says the Lord. There's somebody else here, your son. You have a son, he's having a really tough time like understanding and learning. He has a learning, he has a learning challenges. He's not a disability, it's a learning challenge. Where are you? Is that you in the back, ma'am? Can you run to the front like the price is right real quick? I'm not as good looking as Bob Barker, but can you run? Give her a clap as she runs. You're awesome. How old is he? Nine? Twelve. What's his name? K KB. Can you all stretch your hands to this beautiful woman of God, this woman of faith? And we're going to pray not to pray to be religious. We're going to pray to get a result. I believe a creative miracle healing over KB's life. There was a woman and her son called in a crowd just like this. He could not, she could not read. It's, it's online. You can go see it. And could not read. And within an 18-hour period, she walked out. She was a weightlifter. She walked out of her bedroom. The mother and her, like, 7-year-old or 8-year-old daughter, whatever it was, was sitting there reading for the very first time. And about a 17-hour switch, only God could do it. Lord, over KB, I thank you for a creative miracle healing over his neurological function. I thank you for command. I command the neurons to begin to fire. I thank you for his ability to see and the creative ability he's going to have to put things together. For watch what I do with this young man. I'm going to make him astute. I'm going to make him astute. I feel like he'll get a doctorate or something of that nature one day. He'll be looked upon as like somebody that's deemed almost like a doctor or a doctorate. I'm not sure if that's as a medical doctor or a psychologist, but the Lord says, watch what I'll do, and I'll give you a point of reference. I Watch what I'll do. I'll give you a point of reference. I'm going to raise him up, says the Lord. I'm going to raise him up. I'm going to raise him up. His speech will become clear. His mind will become fluid. He'll begin to process information, and I'll put in him at 17 a desire. I want to expand and extend my education. For this son is a son of promise, not a son of pain. And no, I'm reversing this very thing as you stood this day, you woman of God. No, I'm reversing this matter, and you'll see my hand of faithfulness. For I'm about to give you a very, very special Christmas before your eyes. 
Watch as I reward your faith in the tough times. You said I've been, it feels like, in an eight-year just overwhelming slump. Things just keep losing, and I keep showing up. Your losing streak is coming to an end. Today, this day, says the Lord, watch as you begin to be propelled forward. Even as my servant stands before you, I pull you forward into the propelled victory to the miracle that's in motion. I pull you forward into the miracle that's in motion for you and your family. For I've seen your faith, and yes, I will reward the matter. And yes, for you, my darling, watch the healing that I'll bring into your own mind and soul. For I'm taking the sting out of two, two, two times where you got taken advantage of. I see at 31, and I see even around 28. I thank you for, the, I thank you for those things being unhooked. I, re, I break them today. I break those things today. They don't own you no more. You ain't Simon no more. You, you Peter, you're the rock. You're the righteous. You're the redeemed. You're the blessed. You're the favored. You're the prosperous of the Lord. You're the healed of the Lord. And just even as a sign too, watch, watch, ooh, watch the veins in your body. No lupus and watch the tunnels in your arms that have been heavy. Watch this. All those tunnels open now. It's been that way for about three, about three months. Watch this, open. Doggone messed up my message, God. Boom. Move them around. Watch this. Watch how good you feel. Move your neck. Move your back. Watch how good you feel. God's helping you because God's into you. Just move your body. Watch how good. Watch how good. Move your neck, your body. Have we ever talked? God came through for you today, didn't he? Aren't you glad that you didn't quit? And you know what you you know what you're paving? A legacy. You have a miracle legacy. Not just God's getting you out of things, but God's now about to bring you into things. It's not going to be about always recovering from all the pain. You're going to get into a lot of pleasure because of where he's about to bring you. And promise is going to replace the pain. You're going to say, oh my gosh, I don't even feel like my old self. I feel like I got a makeover. You don't got to get rid of your cool nails, by the way. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Your boy's going to look up to you. Look up to you and say, Mom, I'm understanding stuff. I'm, I'm getting better. Your mom's he's going to say that to you. I did this in a Fortune 5 meeting. I called somebody out of the middle of a crowd, 12,000 people, and their boy did not talk. And I said, go tell your son until it happens. The favor of God surrounds him like a shield. He's going to talk, Psalm 512. A Catholic group of people, they didn't even believe as Jesus said was the Christ. They believed more in Mary. And they went home and they did it. And about, I don't know, two and a half months, two, two months, whatever it was, they called in the middle of the night. The dad was carrying the boy upstairs, never spoke one word at nine years of age. He was carrying him upstairs in his arms. And the boy said, I love you, dad. And he got dropped his kid. The boy can talk today. He's not dumb today. He can speak today. Not because of anybody great other than Jesus. Because of Jesus. Come on. Jesus. Let me finish. I got two minutes and I'll pray. Okay. Who's, am I praying for this young guy? Awesome. Hey, buddy. What's up? You're cool. What's your name? Nicholas. What do you want to be when you get older? A gamer? Makes sense. Jesus, thank you for Nicholas, that he's got a very sharp mind. Thank you that he's very special. 
I thank you for the plans that you have for him. I thank you for engineering qualities that are built inside of him and mechanisms. I thank you for awakening destiny. And I thank you for healing all over, Lord, his life. I thank you the favor of God's going to help him learn. I thank you for an acceleration of cognitive function. I thank you for oxidation all through the brain. And I thank you that, Lord, communication's going to be great. I thank you that he's going to emerge and just come out of this. He's just going to come out of this, completely come out. And I thank you that by your stripes, watch how cool this is. You're going to feel warm in your tummy and your chest. Okay, ready? It's like Spider-Man. You know, he goes, and the web comes out. I'm going to go, and Jesus' power is going to, you're going to feel warm, okay? You ready? Okay, I'm going to do the, you ready? Okay. Jesus, I thank you. Your power is bigger than Spider-Man's. Go through him. You feel that warm on your chest? You do? Do you feel warm in there? You do? Thank you, Jesus. And you're feel it on the back of your head just for a minute, like a little warm. Watch how cool this is. Jesus, thank you for your healing presence. You feel that? You do? Isn't that special? See, Dad's faith is so strong in Jesus. He knows you're a miracle and you're God's most special kid he ever made. And so what's really cool is your dad is a hero. Your daddy's one of God's heroes. And you know what I love? I was speaking and your daddy brought you because you mean the most to him. And he's so proud of you. And now God's doing a miracle and all these people are rooting for you because you're going to do big things in our church and our family. Look at all your big old friends. They're all your friends. Okay, and here's what you can do. You got to go buy yourself a new game, a good one. Lord, have, yeah, Lord have mercy is right. Okay, 20 bucks. Go buy yourself a new game and then be the best you can be this week, okay? Every day say, God, I thank you that I'm favored. God's favor's on me. Is that cool? Okay, and I'll be a good uncle to you. Look me up. Why do you do that? When you sow honor, you reap access. You sow honor, you reap access. Watch how powerful. I know there's some people. I'm going to finish this one quick. Can you sit right there and I'll help you? It's good that you be there, by the way. Something good's going to happen to you. The nine-year-old? Your, grand, your, your son or grandson? What's his name? Carter. Jesus, hook him up. Sorry, I'm sweaty. I'm going to pray. Jesus, hook him up. And watch what goes through your own body, your own back. That pain that's been in your lower back and all through your hip. I'm putting my hand. There he is right there on the hip. Watch, you're going to feel this surge of energy go through your sciatica. And watch, all that pain's going to go. One, two, three, and thank you. You're touching Carter at the same time. I command him to be healed. I command him to be healed. I don't beg, I command. In Jesus' name. Watch, lift your knee up high. What just happened? What just happened? You had two hip surgeries. Where's the pain? For real? No special effects? No spiritual language just to be spiritual? Run with me, girlfriend. Let's go. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Hey, come on. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Come on, powerhouse. Lord, I think.
Thank you for money and resources over him. Thank you for healing over him. Thank you, Father, for new things springing forth in this man of God. I thank you for transaction. Things have been at a low, but things are about to become lively. I will take you from barrenness and bring you into fruitfulness in this season, says the Lord. For you're exiting chapter 6 and about to enter a brand new chapter of your life. For I'm bringing you into deep things, says the Lord. And know that I'm even bringing a healing over the plaque and the arteries of your chest and your heart. You will see your breathing improve. The oxidation in your blood will change. No strokes, says the Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. I like you. Who are you? You're cool. You got a dope. Get up. Stand up, you world shaker. Who are you? Arnold, you're a real one. You don't like fake ones. You like real ones. You're looking at a real one. You feel me? Yeah, I know. Come on, baby. God, I thank you for the favor that's on him. God's going to really, really touch you. You've You've been a leader since you were born. The enemy tried to twist that young through rejection. But you're coming back into yourself because you're going to lead people down a path where people can know their calling on their life. You were born a leader. You were born an original. You ain't going to die no copy. You ain't going to be other people's opinion of you. Heck no. You haven't. No, you never was. You never going to be. But there's a new potential going to come out. Your heart is bigger than what you've allowed to live. And God's about to take you beyond. It's like, you ever see that the movie Secretariat? It was the horse that won the championship. Go watch it. It was smaller, not as big and powerful, but when it died after it won all championships, they opened it up and its heart was two times bigger than other horses. It's your heart, not your head, that's going to lead in this season and bring you before great men. And God says, I'm going to bring ministry to your family. And as your mother with us still, your mother's going to be healed. I see problems in her legs and her veins. And is that true? It's been that way for four years. The Lord's going to bring healing to your mother all throughout her body. And the God's going to know that you're going to go home and tell mama, you're being healed. Jesus is hooking you up, the real God. Jesus is hooking you up. And she's proud of you, my son. Just as God would say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've overcome. I'm proud that you're my kid. Watch as I reward you and open doors for you. As you trust me, watch what I put in your hand to be faithful over for this is your season to shine. You've been hidden, but I'm about to bring you out. And I will bring you out to lead, and you will not follow. In Jesus' name. Does that make sense? Come on, yeah. What happened? You feel? I like you. I might want to do Thanksgiving with you. Come here. Wait, wait. You, you try to? You had a what? You had a heart attack June 30th? Somebody said, can you stand behind him just in case? I need you. Plus, you're good looking. Yeah. Aren't you glad we have good looking ushers and leaders here? You know, some churches bless them, you know. But I've been going through a whole lot. But June 30th, I had a heart attack out of just nowhere. Sitting at my desk at work. That following Sunday, I was here. Back at the church. But I've been still feeling some things. I haven't had my follow-up yet. But I believe in the word that God gave you for me. That everything about you, what you said, is going to be 
right there because of my heart. Man, the thing that they put in my heart. Watch this. Take a dip. Yeah, take a big old deep breath. Watch this. When was the last time you could breathe like that for sure? Take another deep breath. Breathe it in. Why not test it out? Isn't that wild? And then the weaknesses that you've been feeling in your legs right around there. Watch how cool this is. God's going to give you back strength and energy today. This is a good day to be alive. God didn't bring you this far to bring you this far. Your miracles in motion. And stop stressing on the whole 60-day deal. I see a time clock. About 63 days from now, something's going to come. It's in a mailbox. Something's going to come, and it's going to turn the event and turn the matter. 63 days. 63 days. Thank you. And watch. Wait, where are you going, homie? Look at that. Ghetto translation. As a sign, just lift your hands. We're already way there, so let's just go for it. You don't even need to pray. Jesus is praying for you. There's going to be a brand new angel around your life that's never been around your life before. He's going to bring you into this season. You're going to feel, you're going to feel him on the left-hand side of your body. Don't nobody come up unless I invite you, please. Somebody tried to punch me the other day. Thank you, God, for bringing healing all through his body and renewal strength. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to start walking strong. Don't walk like you had a heart attack. Walk like you're healed. Come over here. Come on, man. We're brothers. They can't get us mixed up. If I go that way and you go this way, then they ain't going to know we're twins. They ain't going to know we're twins. If I go that way, you go this way. Let's go. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on, you got, you got miracles on you guys. Lift your hands, just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, thank you for miracles over them. Thank you, God, for miracles opening things up for them. Things that have been closed now being opened. Things that have been closed now being opened. The desires of your heart, miss, will be fulfilled. Watch what I shall do for these, these two transformational years. For I will bring you into the thing that you've asked me and longed for me, even since a little girl. For I'm about to bring you the desire of your heart. And yes, watch what I shall bring you. For you'll be an owner and not a renter. You'll be an owner and not a renter. Watch what I shall bring to you. And watch what my favor shall bring in your life. For I'm about to shift your path. For one conversation you'll have in the months to come will change your trajectory. For I'm putting other people that are esteemed individuals to see your excellence and know that I'm speaking through your character, not your gifting. And even as you stay consistent, watch what I do. You'll look back in the month of March and say, surely God took me in a path I wasn't prepared for. And it's much greater than I could have ever done on my own. For I'm about to shift things. The wind is changing over your lives, says the Lord. And I'm pulling out, I'm breaking away, I'm winding away, I'm winding away the debris of old things and bringing you into a sacred place of my honor and my favor, says the Lord. And watch as I surely bring this thing to pass. For a rain shall come suddenly, says the Lord, in the springtime. And it will be the time to bloom. For I'm putting the matters in order and you'll see my hand of faithfulness, says the Lord. In Jesus' name.
And you know what, you sweetheart, you're about to really rest at night. Your mind's not gonna have board meetings where you're always busy in your head at night trying to figure it all out. You have a yellow brick road and you're gonna stay on it and a lion, tiger, or bear is gonna get you off it. Because God's favor's on your life. And he will keep everything you give to him. You're a powerful woman. You're a powerful woman. You got great organizational skills and ability to make things happen and turn nothing into something. That's a creative prophetic gift and God's gonna use that for people's lives to bring nothing into something. Everywhere you go, there will always be supply because the favor of God on your life. People will bring you in and things will appear that'll be positive because of the favor that's on your life. And as a sign, you're gonna see things and you're gonna start owning stuff. You're gonna start owning stuff. When people say, I don't know if you could own all these things, you're gonna start owning stuff. Supernaturally, God's gonna put it in your hands because of what he put in your heart. And you'll see his hand of goodness in the matter. Bless you guys. Come on. Go 49ers though. Come on. All right, I'm way over time. It's 111. How many of you enjoyed today? Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. Come on. Come on, CFTA. Let's go. Look at me for a minute. Stop, just check it. I want everybody to hold, hold their hands up. Everybody hold their hands up. Whether you've tried this before or haven't. Come on, you try other things, you might as well try this. You can feel Jesus in here. This isn't motivation. This isn't human inspiration. This isn't Buddha, this isn't Confucius, this isn't Allah, it's isn't Joseph Smith. It's Jesus, you can feel him in here. Say this with me, every person, say this with me and believe it, say it with power. Don't say it on a whisper, say it with a shout. Say, Jesus, I feel you in here. I'm aware that you're here. I respond to you. I need you. Heal me. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Take me to the deep end. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, now fill people right now. Just fill people. Fill people all over this room. Here he is. Fill, 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 fill. Fill people right now. Fill people the hope of their calling. Fill people with understanding. Fill people with spiritual power. Fill people with anointing. Fill people with the gifts of the Spirit. Fill people with visions and dreams. Come on, stir yourself up. 15 seconds. Pray in the Spirit. Come on, 15 seconds. You can handle it. Come on. Come on, if you know how to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Come on, 10 more seconds, you got it? Come on, let's go like a seed, come on. We are the revival, come on, we are the revival. We are the revival. Now watch this, there he is, there he is. Just lift your hands, watch this shift. Just lift your hands, you don't even need to pray, just lift it. Watch, watch, watch the peace and the serenity. Watch this peace, soft, soft, soft. Ooh, do you feel that? Worship band, there we go. Ooh, peace. Peace, like a wind. Ooh, you can feel that. 
like a wind, peace, blowing the debris of stress and pressure, anxiety out of your mind. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Someone say, my best days are in front of me. I'm leaving the shallow end. I'm ready to launch into the deep. I am a dreamer. I am a lover. I am a leader. And I am a believer. My life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Can we get up for Pastor Matt? God bless you. I'll see you tonight.